Welcome to Combos with Cam, a podcast from the heart of a 40-ish black native Oakland woman just out here trying to function. It's like your Saturday morning chat with your favorite cousin or your cool aunt, talking about everything and nothing while navigating through the circle of life. From adult friendships to caring for aging parents to the things that aren't always discussed, but maybe should be. Let's talk about it and grow through it together. Hey, 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 what's good, Cam fam? It's your girl, Cam, back with another episode of Combos with Cam. And before I get started with this particular episode, I do want to offer a trigger warning. Um, this episode is going to talk about losing a parent. And it's going to talk about grief and it's going to talk about loss. And so if you have had the experience of losing a parent um, and it's still very fresh for you or um, it's very triggering for you, um, please know my intent is not to trigger you. Um, But I do say um, listen with care. Because I do recognize that um, it can be tough. And so I don't want anybody to feel um, any way other than their true, um, honest, authentic self. And before I get into um, any more of the episode, I just want to take a moment to... Um, shout out some, some very special people who have kind of been with me on the journey of adjusting to life, um, adjusting to a new normal after losing my father. Um, I shout out my, my best friend, Candace from the block. I shout out my, my best friend from undergrad, um, Okila. I shout out my um, cousin, who's more like my sister, my my girl Jennifer. I shout out my um, guy best friend from undergrad. I shout out Courtney. Um, I shout out one of my closest friends in my more adult life, Damon. I shout out um, my twin neighbors who lost their dad, Jamie and Joni. I shout out... Um, one of my older um, neighbors from the block, Nicole. Um, I stand in solidarity with um, my girlfriends who have lost their dads and they were and or are um, still very much um, daddy's girls. I stand in solidarity with my friends who their dad was their best friend. And when their dad passed, part of them passed away also. Um, I stand with those who are playing the role, not playing. I stand... I stand in solidarity of those who are um, living and working in the role of being a care provider, 
for a loved one. And they have to watch their father transition without any help. Um, I also shout out my friend Adam, who um, lost both of his parents at very tough times. Um, I shout out everybody who has lost a parent and they are trying to figure out which which way they want to go or which which way to go as they are trying to adapt to this new normal. Shonda Rhimes is a genius. Anybody who's watched some of the earlier episodes of Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, Bridgerton, she is beyond a genius. I remember one of her earlier episodes. I want to say it, it couldn't have been past like season five. Um, but there was a scene where um, Yang and Gray were talking about losing their father. And Yang essentially said something to the effect of, welcome to the Dead Daddies Club. And I don't know why that has stuck with me the way that it has, but it has stuck with me for a long, long, long time. It is an unofficial club that um, some of us join earlier rather than later. Um, some of us may be never fortunate to join the club at all. I don't, I don't know if that's a necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but, um, what I will say is that losing my father destroyed a lot of ways the foundation um, of who I of who I was while I am very very grateful that it happened the way that it happened and I have been able to adjust to my new normal differently If it had happened a different way, I I think, no, I'm, I'm fairly certain that I would not be the person that I am right now. You see, my dad had his first heart attack October 13th. 2007 he was working out at the gym he was swimming in the pool and 
something. I don't know. He was had gotten out of the pool and might have been in the hot tub, might have got gone into the hot tub. But something happened and he experienced a heart trauma while he was in the pool or in the hot tub. Rushed him to the hospital. I knew something was wrong a little bit later in the day when I wasn't able to get in contact with my dad. You see, I would call my dad every day. And we would have a very short but impactful conversation. Hey, dad, what's for lunch? Oh, I'm getting a sandwich from the deli or. Oh, me and Burton are going to Sue Hong or, oh, I had sushi or, oh, I'm, I'm having a late lunch because of blah, blah, blah. But every day between 12 and 2, you could bet your paycheck that I was going to call my dad and that I was going to ask him what was for lunch. And the conversation wouldn't go much further than that. What are you having for lunch? Not like, oh, go on ahead, bring me some back. Oh, that sounds, I mean, I might say, you know, that sounds good. But it was literally just checking in to say, what are you having for lunch? Okay, I'll talk to you later. That's literally how the conversations went. So, October 13th. 2007 when I couldn't get a hold of him the whole day I was like something is not right and finally I ended up checking the voicemail at home and getting a message that he had been taken to the ER at Highland and was placed in a medically induced coma Now, if my father had died that day, again, like I said, I don't know if I would be able to tell the story now without bursting into tears. Long story less long, my dad lived um, another five years after that initial heart attack. Um, but his health declined really, really, um, quickly. He had to go on dialysis. He started having seizures. Um, and because of his diabetes, he became a a partial amputee. But he was, he, he fought a good fight as, as long as he could. And I remember on May 27th, 2012, this was the Sunday before Memorial Day. And it was the Sunday after my birthday. And I had just gotten home from church. And he was sitting around. And, hey, you you not going to spend what time with a, a veteran? Um, before Memorial Day, Daddy, I'm gonna go take a nap. I'll spend time with a veteran on Memorial Day. I'll I'll talk to you later. 
went upstairs and, you know, took my nap. Something happened later on that night where he, I don't know if he had like a a mini seizure, but something happened and he, he wasn't all right. So I came downstairs and I fussed at him. I said, are you, you trying to get some attention? Like, what are you doing? And so I remember hugging him and telling him that I loved him and that I would check on him a little later. And so I went back upstairs, laid back down, was watching Star Trek The Next Generation on Netflix at the time. And so in 2012, the Golden Gate Bridge had celebrated its 75th anniversary. So they were doing a fireworks show. So I remember jumping in my car and driving up near uh, Roberts Park to see the fireworks for the Golden Gate Bridge, but from a high peak in Oakland. And I remember coming down and I remember this feeling It was almost like a feeling of emptiness that kind of came over me. But I didn't, I didn't pay too, too much attention to it. And then I'd get home. One of my brothers might be standing outside. My neighbors are outside talking. I'm like, hey, what's, what's wrong? They were like, the ambulance just came. They just took your dad. I'm like, all right. They were like, they just took him to Highland. I'm like, okay. So I, as I'm walking upstairs, up the stairs, I, I say a little prayer and I say, Lord, let your will be done. And I throw on some sweats, get to the hospital, get there. And one of my brothers meets me at the hospital. And we're there maybe about 10, 15 minutes. And the doctor comes out and is like, are you the family of Harold Harvey? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, we're so sorry to tell you your father didn't make it. And the first thing I did was say hallelujah and thank you Jesus and that was my first response because I know now just like I knew then that my father was in a lot of pain and he went through a lot of different things Um, and his quality of life had been compromised because he couldn't do for himself and he was very independent and didn't like depending on anybody and it was it was a very tough thing for him to not be able to get up and go and and do the things that he wanted to do and and be the person that he that he used to be that was a very tough thing for him and so to know that he is no longer in pain gives me 
a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous amount of comfort. But it also breaks my heart in a million little pieces knowing that my father is physically not here with me. Physically not here with us, but physically not here with me. I have faint memories of when Candace's father died because they weren't here. They had moved off of the block. And I think Candace might have been in Atlanta and her parents might have been somewhere else. Not far. They, I think they were still in California. But when Chester passed away, Candace was not here. And so I remember feeling extreme sadness for her because her dad, like my dad, that was, that was her dude. And I remember us as neighbors kind of coming together and sending flowers uh, to the funeral. I remember when Okila lost her dad and she was in DC and I was in California, but I think somehow I was able to, um, make my way back to DC and spend a little bit of time with her. Um, and I, I kept a more um, intense eye on her than I did with Candace because for Keela, it was just Keela, Marika, and Marisha. It was just the three of them, and Keela was the oldest, similar to Candace, similar to me. Um, and again, losing that person, it really just shakes you to the core and I could tell you know a bunch of other stories about other people losing their their loved one most recently my cousin and I think this is kind of the um, catalyst for me recording this episode now Um, my cousin on my mom's side lost his father suddenly and this was you know especially tricky for my aunt who was my mom's sister because not six months after burying her not six months after burying her mother you now turn around and bury your husband? And when I think about that, when I think about the the pain and the the angst and the the consuming grief that could come from that, it it really and truly it breaks my heart. 
I think about um, when another one of my homegirls who used to coach my brothers in T-ball when she lost her dad and her, again, her dad was her dude. And she was kind of around when daddy died, but not fully. A, A younger version of me took it a little bit personally when some of my some of the people that I thought were some of my closest friends did not show up for me the way that I needed them to when my father died hindsight being 2020 they didn't have the capacity to they called me in an attempt to try and comfort me. And the only thing that they could continue to say repeatedly is that they didn't know, they wouldn't know what to do if their father had died. Unfortunately, that time put a strain on on our relationship And to this day, things with us are are not the same. But I remember thinking that, you know, when my dad died. No, it wasn't when my dad died. It was probably a little bit after my dad died. And I had kind of settled into the fact that this was my new normal And I knew that there are other people in my circle who will experience um, this, this type of loss again. I kind of made it my unofficial mission to be their ambassador into the, the dead daddy's club. And in a lot of ways, it has worked. Air quotes on worked. I have been, you know, I want to believe that I've been more patient and more compassionate with folks and and more eager and more willing to help folks um, as they're they're navigating through their feelings, as they're navigating through preparing for a service. Um, just navigating through all of that. I have shown up um, for a lot of people in ways, um, in, in, in new ways. Um, but one thing that losing my father and most recently my grandmother has kind of um, reinforced for me is that I am not going to attend every funeral. I remember the um I remember all of the things that I did in preparation for 
the funeral and different things like that. Um, and I remember seeing my dad in the coffin. And from that point in time, I have resolved that um, I'm not going to everybody's funeral. Um, there are select funerals that I will attend. I will always send a card. I will always send a donation. I will always send flowers. I will always send food. I will not be there the days of, but you can best be sure that I will be there the days before and the days after. And that's one of the things for me that I've had to learn in losing a parent. Everybody's relationship with their parent is different. And you definitely have to take into consideration um, that everybody's going to respond differently. And everybody's going to need you to be you in different ways. Um, And then there are going to be some people who you might be too much for. And you might have to stand down from them. You have to not be in your feelings about that. And you have to be okay with knowing that your intentions are pure. And that you are um, trying to do a good thing. And you're trying to be a a present um, to your friend in their time of grief. And some of your friends will be able to tell you what they need and some of them won't. Um, if being a member of the Dead Daddies Club taught me anything, it's show up in the ways you know how, when you know how. And sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it might be weeks. Sometimes it might be you know, right after the dust settles. I remember having a conversation with my homegirl, Stacy, and I asked her, I said, did you have enough from me when your dad died? Did you have enough support? Did you have enough? Did you have enough from me? And she said, absolutely. And I realized that not everybody you know, processes everything the same way, obviously. And, you know, grief happens for people in a lot of different ways. Be your um, authentic self. Um, Show up when you can. Show up how you can. You might not always be able to spend quality time in person with your person who's going through grief. But calling them and and checking on them and having, you know, a real conversation with how are you, how are you really feeling? How does your heart feel? Have you eaten today? One of the things that I have actively tried to do um, since, you know, a lot of people have been dealing with loss, I very rarely try to ask the question, well, how are you doing? I'm I'm grieving the loss of a loved one. How the hell do you think I'm I'm doing? And they would be well within their their rights 
to respond that way. But I know during the times, you know, shortly after, you know, a loved one has passed and, you know, between the passing and, you know, preparing for the funeral or the memorial service, things can can feel like a blur. So I'd always ask the question, hey, have you eaten today? What did you have to eat today? Hey, have you had any water? How much water have you had today? Why don't you go and and grab a a bottle of water? And, you know, just you you don't have to finish the whole bottle, but just. Take take a sip, take a couple of sips of the bottle of water. And it's just little things like that, that they'll appreciate. Hey, here's here's some coins for you to go get, you know, a a Manny and a Petty. Hey, here's $25. So, you know, you can you can have your your shape up or you you get a new tie for the service. And again, like I said, I'm more times than not, I'm not going to be at the service. I might go to the quiet hour, sign the book. But honestly, truly, very rarely do I have a desire to, to see a loved one in the casket. So I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. That's <laughs> after my dad. And again, after my grandmother, you know, that's, that's not really my ministry these days, but Speaking of ministries, I've been to a lot of services over the last few years, and I've been to two this year, um, two that I didn't, I definitely didn't think that I would be going to. One in the form of my grandmother, who passed away on Valentine's Day this year, and then one in the form of my um, uncle, who passed away at the end of September. And I, you know, kind of want to dedicate this episode to my cousin. Um, so at my grandmother's funeral, my my cousin is kind of the, the family singer. And he, he sings it. He has sung it, you know, all of the, the family uh, gathering, the family funerals, which is, you know, very sad to say that, you know, there, there are family funerals and that there's a designated singer. But it is what it is. And so he sang, it is well with my soul at my grandmother's funeral. Did a a great job. Later that night we were texting because our great uncle was like, well, he needed to sing all three verses. And I'm like, (laughs) you did a great job. And I remember kind of joking with him. He was like, Woof, well, that's done. It's like, I'm not doing that again. I said, yeah, you are. I said, you have at least two more times in which you have to do this. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, your parents? And he was like, oh, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Not knowing that less than six months later, he was going to have to stand in front of family and friends and in front of his mom. 
and sing with all of the strength that he had as he laid his father to rest to say, it is well with my soul. Y'all, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if it could have been me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But when I tell y'all that he did that, he did that. And I said as much as I had to read the resolutions right after he sang. I was like, this isn't fair. How am I supposed to come up and, and say anything and not sound like a fluttering, bubbling fool? Because this man just stood up in front of everybody and, and declared that it is well with my soul. You are burying your father and you are standing up and saying it is well with my soul. That was a powerful, powerful time. The other time I saw that happen is when my church lady, Miss Havis, did the exact same thing. She stood in front of family and friends and her church family and declared, It is well with my soul. During the funeral of her beloved husband. What? What? And Miss Havis is already a beautiful singer. But to stand there with such strong faith and conviction and declare that it is well with my soul. When you are losing your loved one. I don't know how that happens. The only thing I can say is that, but God. Only God. Because I, I, to her, I don't know. I know that I did a lot when my father died. Wrote the program. Dropped off his suit to the funeral home. I even sang with the choir that day. I sang the first song. Got up and gave remarks. But there's something about losing that loved one that changes you forever. And in your heart, you know that your loved one is going to go through that also. So when you're ready and when you're when you're ready and when they're ready. You can use that time. You can use those experiences. To help usher them in. To the membership of a club they didn't necessarily know that they wanted, that they want to be a part of. But they definitely are. Into the new Dead Daddies Club.
Some people might reject their membership. Don't take it personal. It has nothing to do with you. But be the kind, caring, compassionate person that you needed when you were going through that same thing. Be the person you needed when you were going through your loss. And it'll come back to you. It'll come back tenfold. Fortunately or unfortunately, some of my strongest relationships are now because this is is now a bond. This is now a common thing that we share. Some days you're going to have your good days. Some days you're going to have your bad days. The first birthday without that loved one is tough. That first Father's Day is usually tough. And as the holidays approach, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all of those things are going to be tough. Be kind to yourself. Love on your loved ones during that time. You'll be okay. You might feel different, but you'll be okay. It might feel uncomfortable. You might feel all of the different the different stages of, of grief all at the same time. Yep. And you will be okay. You might want to stay in the bed for two, three weeks at a time. Yep. You'll be okay. Lean on your people when you have to. When you go through the loss of a loved one like this, lean on your loved ones. Lean on your loved ones. Because in that leaning, you find a new love. A love you didn't even know was possible. And um, you can make it. You'll be okay. Thanks. Talk soon. Thanks for checking out this episode of Combos with Cam. Share your thoughts and reflections on today's episode on Instagram or the Twitter at Combos with Cam, hashtag Combos with Cam. Or you can shoot me an email at Combos with Cam at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Let's chat soon.